This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Michelle believes sales is a noble and worthy profession. It is the lifeblood of every business. She encourages sales to be less transactional and more experiential. Michelle specializes in training non-traditional conscious business owners to boldly and confidently inspire emotional connections to the solutions you offer. People first and profits follow. Her approach aligns you with your clear vision of financial success directly connected to your why. Michelle is committed to authenticity, excellence, and valuable win-win collaborations. Her passion is helping people grow their habits of believing they are infinitely capable to deliver the extraordinary that creates superfan client relationships. Valeria interviews Michelle Baker. She is the chief confidence igniter, exhilarating keynote speaker, and confident living catalyst who offers a unique ability to guide and encourage her audiences and clients to their best and most authentic selves. She is also the owner of Michelle Baker Enterprises, founded to help female founders, women business owners, and sales leaders empower their salespeople to develop high-performance resilience and unstoppable confidence. Her passionate storytelling and enthusiasm are a wonderful blend of theory and practical application inspiring you to calm the voice in your head and tap into your unlimited awesome. Michelle understands that many founders, business owners, sales leaders, and sellers struggle with doubt, stifling their inner critics and sustaining consistent revenues. She is on a mission to ignite unstoppable confidence in as many people as possible. Michelle masterfully guides her clients and audiences to capitalize on their current conditions and leverage obstacles as opportunities and re-envision their problems as possibilities. She is renowned for her authentic, value-based, and no-nonsense approach to selling that inspires more conversations that confidently convert into raving fan clients. Michelle has phenomenal results, accolades, and awards, and has compiled an incredible track record of raving recommendations with clients over the past 25-plus years. Michelle has been recognized for winning many awards. Success Women's Conference Top Influencer Finalist 2022, Feature Writer for Success Women's Magazine, Feature as a Top 50 Sales and Marketing Blogs 2021, 56 Inspirational Women's Leaders in Business by Nimble, among others. Meet Michelle at michellerbaker.com. Here's the interview with Michelle Baker. In your own words, who is Michelle Baker? Ooh, Michelle Baker is a um, 
bundle of joy. <laughs> yes. Michelle Baker is a um, radiant, resilient human. Um, Michelle Baker is a gift to all who have the opportunity to connect with her. How did you come to be who you are today? How did you come to this understanding of yourself, Michelle? Oh, wow. It is such a, it has been such a journey of um, disappointment, doubt, setbacks, naysayers, critics, overwhelm. I have, uh, I had a constant thread of thinking in my head that was telling me that it wasn't about me. It was just like this low vibrating, low vibrating resonant voice in my head that would compel me to keep going in the hope that it could be better and it wasn't about me. And what if? What if this is all working in my favor, even as hard as it was, even as difficult as it was, even as disappointing or embarrassing or whatever the term you want to use, what if it was actually working out in my favor? So as time went on, I kept fueling that voice. And there would be occurrences where I would do something absolutely incredible because I would trust, I call him God. I tell people we call him universe, divine, Buddha, Allah, the source, the goddess, the force, whatever you want to call your higher power deity. I call mine God. And when I follow that voice inside of me, that didn't make sense to even me. So I really couldn't explain it to another human, yet still I was so unwavering and unstoppable in that if I followed and did this thing, life would be amazing. And that's when I started, when I started sitting still and understanding and hearing that, I just started to follow that. And in the quest of following that, I met more and more interesting and amazing people who would just be in like, how do you do this? How do you keep going? And I was thinking all this time when you're by yourself, as many people are, we think that we're the only one and we think there's something wrong with us. And you actually don't know how wonderful you are until you get out with the intention of engaging and helping and supporting others. That sounds like purpose. When I asked the question about um, what is the purpose of life here on this podcast, I get the same answer over and over again is to help others. Everybody says the same thing. So I wonder if this is that spiritual truth that we all connected, that the essence of this reality is one and the same. Do you think that's the reason? Even without knowing, that's what we do, what we do? Yes, I, I believe that, again, the higher power, um, we're all tapestry, that we're spiritual beings having a human experience. And the way you improve upon that human experience is when you are the gift you are to the rest of humanity. And listening to the, that voice, as you just mentioned, I wonder why we don't, because it took me a long time to listen to that voice as well, to trust my own inner voice. What gets in the way, Michelle? I, I believe it's the conditioning of upbringing for some people um, and then not having a, not having a compelling target that yeah. matters most to you mm -hmm. as an individual. If you're listening to this, not having something that is meaningful and matters to you 
that is coming from the inside of you is why you won't listen to the voice. Because without that, you're listening to the outside and you cannot grow and um, and develop that intuition is what it's called. The voice inside is intuitive, which is in, right? Um, you can't develop and grow that voice unless it, in, it originates from inside of you. So no one else can go tell you what that voice is saying. People love to pay for other people to tell them. And the bottom line is it must come from inside of you because if it does, when it doesn't come from inside of you, it will always be up to question. Is that what you call a true confidence or confidence? Yes. So it is listening to that, that voice inside of us, trusting that voice and listening to it. The way to, to get to listen to that voice, you mentioned silence, just staying still. It sounds like meditation. Is that one of the methods that you recommend? Yeah, meditation is uh, incredibly huge for uh, being able to hone in and listen to that to that voice, so that you can actually hear what it's saying. Um, I found that once I started to put in a practice of mindfulness, you know, quiet meditative time, that it it helps me to stay focused. It helps to um, me to to stay on target. It helps me to, 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 to discern everything outside of me. That's not for me. Right. We live in a, a society of what I call it, the shiny object syndrome. Mm, oh, wow. creates another one, which is FOMO, fear of missing out. And when you have something that you've decided is your target, you know, clear and compelling that you are, that's captivating you. And this is what you're creating. You know what to say no and what to say yes to. And you're able to do it in a manner that still leaves people better for having engaged with you. So some people just know how to say no. They, they, they or ignore people instead of actually saying, no, thank you so much for thinking of me and the invitation. Currently, I am uh, up to something that's not part of what you've uh, offered me, but please keep me in mind in the future. So the difference between just ignoring the invite, like I actually respond to the majority of the things I'm invited to. Ah, yes, that's being open to life, right? Yeah. What came to me was meditation. My husband is, a, is an extrovert, and he has a hard time even conceiving the idea of meditation. So would you say it's easier for introverts to meditate? Like, I'm an introvert, so it's so much easier for me to stay quiet and by myself. I actually love that. But my husband's the opposite. I, I really don't know. Um, you know, some people I've met who are introverts are so introverted, they their thoughts are running amok inside their head. So (laughs) (laughs) being able to sit still with their thoughts, they can't meditate because they don't, they're not focused. They don't know how to stop thinking (laughs) because that's the practice they have. I believe that when someone um, becomes uh, resolute and relentless in their pursuit of what meditation is going to do for them, right? That's when they'll create a meditation. Most people don't really clearly have a rationale like if you if it's if the why doesn't matter to you you'll never create the result so they basically just haven't don't understand how meditation is going to help them create or deliver whatever they're up to 
they don't see the benefit. Another question that comes from that answer, Michelle, is how do we know what we want from life? When does it become clear to us, our purpose? Oh, well, I mean, I don't know if it ever is clear, right? When you really start listening to people who have done incredible things on this world, I don't know if they've ever had clarity. They knew that there was, you know, Walt Disney knew that he wanted to create fun. Yes. Right? Uh... He, never had, he never conceived Disneyland. Um, so you, you just, when you go back and this is one of the things that our podcasts like such as this and books, I tell people you, our mind is a cybernetic machine and your purpose is going to be like, it's a withdrawal. It's something that will come through you. It will, you can't get a withdrawal if you haven't made a deposit. Mm, yes. It just, it's an impossibility. So until you start intaking different on the subject matter, like when you really want to know your purpose, you can start to read and listen and participate. And it doesn't mean without the desire that this, the next book or the next workshop or the next podcast is going to give you your answer. You're just doing it knowing that the answer will come. And when you, when you set about anything in that manner, you will always get your answer because God, universe, whatever, does not set us up to fail or look bad. People are so busy white knuckling success and trying to make it be one way instead of allow it to be the infinite way it could come. That's a beautiful insight. Right. So that's how you define success. Something that It will come to us in a way that we can express that success. Or oh, it, it's a very personal and intimate kind of uh, concept. It's not what the definition is for most people, societies about money and fame. Yeah, I believe success is defined by each individual because what success is for me is not going to be the same for um, the next person or the person after that. And what happens is so so much of society defines success as what you acquire, acquisitions, achievements, um, you know, accolades, all of those. Like, you know, it's, it, it's, it's absolutely amazing that, you know, people still ask you about, you know, your title. What do you do? Like, where you, like, they want to know things like that. Rarely does anyone ask you, how are you doing? Mm, yes. How are you, know, you feeling? How, yeah. how do you, you know, or like when they say, oh, I just got a promotion. That's amazing. How do you feel about that? Was that, is that, is it everything you ever wanted to be? Is it, is it really, is it fulfilling for you to have that? Like no one has a follow up question. Cause generally once someone says one success, the other person, it becomes a, I call it a tit for tat. Like they just mirror and match. Oh, you had a promotion? Well, I just got a great client. So it's just a oh. back and forth. And yes. there's, there's no deep and meaningful conversation. Mm. Oh, my God. Yes. That's what I live right. for. And even when people are miserable, having a bad day. How are you doing? Oh, my God. I'm sorry. Like, I don't even feel well. Oh, my God. You know, I just had COVID, right? They like there's I'm just like, why did you even ask me how I was doing just as a pre, you know, precursor? So you could tell me about your bad day. Right, right, right. I mean, it sounds funny, but it's not funny, right? <laughs> I know it sounds funny, but it really is not funny. No, no. And with that in mind, Michelle, we talked off record for a moment about 
businesses and how this traditional business model, or, or actually the way people think, it's transactional. So it's all about what is in for me. And there's no that depth, this deep connection between humans often doesn't happen. So talk to me about your perspective on human connection in business. Well, what I find is that, you know, I'm in the arena of, I work with a lot of sales sellers and sales leaders and sales, um, you know, authentic selling. And the challenge is that everybody's looking for the next sale, right? Every people, and I won't say everybody because that generalizes, but the bulk of business is about getting the next sale. And they rarely think about customer service. And it's just one of those things that seem to have gone out the window. Um, They're so desperate to stay in business that we have just the standard of like, I don't even know the last time you went somewhere. I I, I don't know the last time I went somewhere where the cashier actually made eye contact. Uh, Yeah. Right. It was like they were just hurriedly trying to transact and get me out the store so they get back to whatever they were doing. And this is the standard of who we are. And it's done just repeatedly. And, you know, businesses are struggling because nobody wants to go to work and people don't want to go, go to work. I don't know because they want to be treated well and or they have a belief in um, some type of compensation that's not equal to what they want. They're deliverable. Right. A company is not able to sustain profitability, paying you what you want with your mediocre you know, way of being. It's just, you know, it, it, we're really missing out on people who believe in excellence, where that was the standard, right? So somebody gets, somebody finds a niche and they start to grow it. And, and then every, as many people as possible will jump in there and it's no longer a niche and it gets diluted and then the prices drop and then everybody's just fighting to keep clients. And it's just, it really is, You know, I don't know where we're headed towards with this because I don't know if it's even sustainable at this rate. What is your message and contribution when it comes to solving this problem, Michelle? Well, I I do a lot around authentic selling and confidence and engagement. And I'm a true believer in, you know, the infiniteness of what exists in abundance. And I believe, I, and what I teach people is be valuable to every in, every engagement that you have in business. Because you, you don't build a thriving business without having clients who rave about you. So, you know, everybody wants this automatic where they're going on the LinkedIn and they're getting all these leads. And I'm like, if you just did really excellent business, you wouldn't be tripping over yourself trying to get leads. Your leads would come from the referrals and recommendations of the customers who you blew their mind. Create customer appreciation, create customer loyalty. I mean, there's 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 brands that have been around at this point over um, a century who have stayed in business through wars, through um, recessions, through depressions, and they have found a way to stay in business. And it's because they create loyal customer base. What is one or two examples of that, Michelle? 
Well, believe it or not, Anheuser-Busch is a company that's been around for pretty much, I think it's close to a century. Um, It's a beer company and they're known uh, for the, uh, what is it? I can't call those horses with the big hooves, Um, but they actually have created a brand loyalty um, and they are known. Uh, you, You know, you say Budweiser, people know what a Budweiser is, right? Their, their name. So it's, it's, uh, I think about Tiffany's is a company um, that's been around um, and their brand is known as um, exclusive. Like, you, you know, that Tiffany blue and any woman sees a Tiffany blue bag and it takes our breath away immediately. Like, <laughs> right. We see another woman get a Tiffany bag or somebody shows up with one for us. We're just like, <laughs> we, we're just like a, a four-year-old at Christmas all of a sudden because um, you're just excited about what's going to be in there. So I, what I tell people is people buy things for the feelings and the emotions. You know, somebody goes to buy a drill at a, you know, if a, a guy who owns a house and works every day is not a carpenter and he goes to buy a drill, he's generally doing something like hanging a TV so that he can have his friends over for Super Bowl Sunday, or he's hanging up something and his wife is redecorating. And so, so he's buying things for the experience that it actually, he's not buying a drill, he's buying a memory and experience. Right. And so when you understand what your product or service is creating and you focus on creating more of that and you go back and ask them, how was it? Uh, What else could I have done? Right. Um, What else would you like to see and experience? And you let them tell you. And that's what those companies that that stay in business that they do. It's called customer experience or CX. They do that incredibly well customer service that creating the long lasting connection memories right experience long lasting mm. long lasting i mean i think about um you know you're married right yes yeah so did somebody introduce you all uh no we met at the gym no we so you, we so met. you met you met at a gym um is there uh do you have any uh, friends in your life that uh, you met by an introduction from another person that are just amazing and you're just like, oh my God, I'm so glad that person introduced us, friends, colleagues, whatever. Oh, yes. Yes. Right. One of my best friends. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So think about that person and the introduction that was made to another person. Now you remember that, but do, do, can you tell me what you, what you, and how long have you known that person? Five years, maybe? Oh, a lot more than that. I'm 46 right. now has been uh, almost 25 years. 25 years. Can you tell me what you got for Christmas 25 years ago? Uh, no. <laughs> no, when somebody bought you for your birthday 25 years ago? I wouldn't remember that, no. No, but you remember no. the person who introduced you to your friend 25 yes. years ago. Yes, See that, And that's what I'm telling you. It's the experiences that we remember. How amazing. You just brought that to my attention. It's true, Michelle. Yes. Yeah. You don't remember what you got. You don't remember the stuff. You probably don't even remember. Most people can't even tell you their address unless they're living in the same place or it was the second, it was the place before the current place. But if people have moved more than uh, multiple times in 25 years, they can't tell you the address of where they lived 25 years ago, most people. Right. Yeah. I, I don't think I remember that too. Exactly. Um, but you remember the people that made impact in your life 25 years ago. Oh, yes. Bad. Like if you had a bad breakup, you still remember that person too. <laughs> yes, right. But you remember the emotional <laughs> experiences that were um, impactful in your life. Hmm. Yes, that is so true. Emotional experiences, right. 
Good and bad. And that's funny you say that because I did ask my my husband and I were talking about these things. I think I had a friend was over and then we he asked her, like, do you remember the most beautiful experiences you have at work or the bad ones, the unpleasant ones with customers and all? And she said the unpleasant ones, those stayed with her longer. Mm-hmm. And you just mentioned both experiences emotionally that we remember good and bad ones. Yeah, that was was said by her, but I, I'm not sure if this is the experience of everyone. I don't, I remember m- more of the good experiences in my life and not the bad ones. Of course, some of the bad ones became trauma, but they, I, I healed them. So now only the good ones remain. Not that the bad ones don't show up sometimes, but they don't last long. Interesting. So you have me thinking, because I do, uh, I'm a, a proponent of positive intelligence. It's a book, mm-hmm. it's a training it's a movement right now. And positive intelligence has done research on, you know, tens of thousands of people and what they came up and what they understand is that negativity has three times the, uh, like endorphin or dopamine hit on us than, uh, positivity. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. That's why we tend to remember negativity. Now, having said that, what I also recognize in working with clients and people is what, what what you've made an awareness to me is what would be interesting to learn is that when people are living in a current state of a positive mind frame or mindset, right? Like you and I, we're high proponents of positivity. We we do meditation, mindfulness, affirmations, you know, like we do all the things to keep keep our vibration high positive. Our memories will probably be connected to more positive things that happened in our past. Like if you asked me about something that was tra- traumatic, I would have to think really hard because <laughs> yeah. my mind is not going to reference that as easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's exactly it. It's almost like a focus, right, Michelle? Yeah, like even if I have a conversation with someone and it doesn't go, like people think it's bad. I'm like, it didn't go bad. It was just necessarily that we didn't agree on everything, right? And I've had people apologize to me for things that happened like a week ago. And I'm like, I'm not even thinking about that. Like, oh, I actually feel bad for him. I'm like, oh my God, you're yeah. <laughs> dragging that around a week later? Yeah. <laughs> yes, you see, it's a matter of focus, isn't it, Michelle? So it's a changing focus, mental yeah. focus. That's powerful because it's so true. Some people, they seem to be naturally this way for some reason, but for most of us, it takes practice. Yeah, meditation yes. and practice. Yes. And I, yeah, and I, and I think the natural is that they were raised in an environment um, because by what they have discovered is because of our reptilian brain, we are by nature negative. Our natural incl- inclination as humans is negativity because fear is our protector, right? Technology has far exceeded the capacity of our mind. And that's interesting to notice that we are basically a system, an organism that's built for survival. It's all yes. about survival. And then amazes me that some of us transcend that. and. Yes. We just engage with other people with no interest at all, without expectation of trying to get anything from them or even doing things in life without expecting anything in return. So that shows that there's something else. It's clear to me that there's something beyond the organism that's operating here. And that to me is um, that spiritual aspect of, of humans, which I absolutely love. 
I would like to ask you another question. Yeah, one of the topics that I came across reading uh, materials about you is the imposter syndrome. So I'd love to know what that is, uh, Michelle, a bit more. I have heard about before, but I'm not so clear about what that is. Okay. Um, yeah, this, this, and this is actually, um, it, it was for a while my second most popular talk. It is now <laughs> becoming my most popular right. talk as we are uh, seeing that there's so much um, trauma that people have experienced through COVID and all of the um, things that are happening and the, con- the change. Like when I tell people, COVID just sped us up because it got us on the internet, it got us on Zoom, it got us engaged in technology because that's how we connected. And now it, people thought it was going to slow down and it's just getting faster. Um, imposter syndrome is this uh, phenomenon where people doubt their skills, talents, they, they doubt their abilities. Their, their capability of doing well, even in the face of all that they've already accomplished, right? So they have this fear of being found out and a fear of fraud. And you, you one of the, the biggest indicators of it are people who get on calls and apologize, right? Um, like no reason, they're not late. Right. They're just they're just in a room or a group of people they've never met before. So they immediately start apologizing for their existence. Right. Or when they go to respond, like if there's a question in a group and you're asking everybody. So um, what's your what's your your secret sauce? What's your special talent? Well, you know, I'm kind of new at this and I've never done it before and I haven't had that many clients. And I know there's some people who are really great at it. But so before they even give you the answer, they shred their own credibility. And I, and I tell like one of the coaching and the work that I do with people, I'm like, every word out of your mouth is either increasing or decreasing your credibility. So basically what you're doing is you're either jacking up your rate or you're cutting it down. Right. Yes. (laughs) That makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Right. So like, and, and it, it, it gives reasons. So you, you start off and you tell people, out of your work, you're telling them why they should keep listening to you, follow up with you, hire you, or why they shouldn't. And so I listen for things like that. And and what it is, is basically um, insecurity. And, you know, when you're not raised in an environment where you're actually, you know, told, like our, our personality is locked in by the time we're about seven or eight years old. And when you're not raised to tell someone telling you, you could be anyone, do anything, have anything, you're amazing, you're beautiful, you're gifted, you're talented. You know, when you're told, you know, stop asking why or what's wrong with you, or you should have known that, or that's common sense. Your, your, your filter as a child is you constantly think something's wrong with you. And that's what, that's basically what that adult is thinking. Imposter syndrome is an adult running around thinking something's wrong with them, that they're inadequate. I had that said, and of course, I've been there, so I can relate to that. Yeah, oh, God, I'm the biggest, <laughs> biggest <laughs> imposter. I do this work not because I went and learned it in a book. I do this work because I, it is, like I tell people, I'm masterful at helping people create habits. Why? Because I suck at creating habits. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't, they yes. look at me, I'm like, who is better? <laughs> like the masses, only a small percentage of people actually do exceedingly well in this world. Why? Because they have, like you said, and that they have a target. They have something that compels them for some reason. They knew when they were three or they get a target and they know they want to be rich and they just know. Like some people have the gene and they know. The mass 
bulk of society has no clue. And so when you don't have a clue, then you struggle. Then everything outside of you is louder in, than you, but the voice in your head is loud. The, the critic in your head is loud too. Well, I've lived with that critic. So I know what that critic is saying. So when people are struggling, someone who has got a garnered ease, easily successful will often tell that person, well, just do it. Well, you just like, that's the response that the masses are being told. Just do it, right? Nike and nothing against Nike or, you know, like it's not, it's not things that actually help people to, um, to implement or to get into action. Like we we don't really help people think for themselves. They most of society is told what to do, what you ought to do, what you need to do. Like you're struggling. Oh my God, I can't seem to get a, a, a you know promotion at my company, and I don't think my boss really likes me. Well, you know what you ought to do, what you need to do. Like most people don't even ask them a follow up question. So tell me more about that. Why do you want to get promoted? Like that's something that's an option. Why do you believe you'd be a great candidate for that? Like no one sits there and actually asks somebody to uncover and clarify why they even want what they want before they start dropping on a bunch of advice. Right. So true. It's like it's like why are you, like do you even know why you're going out west before I start giving you directions? Like <laughs> that's a pretty massive undertaking. Let me get clear on what you're doing so I can give you the best kind of thing. And that's what I got known for because I was raised in, in an environment where all they did was talk at me. I literally spent my 20s and 30s, like I was diagnosed with suicidal ideation because I was so in my head and I was so exhausted from doing what everyone else told me to do. And I was still miserable. It just didn't make sense to me. I'm like, what is, what is I, my, my common question to myself was, what is wrong with me? That was a resonating question I asked myself all day long. And I was so exhausted and sick because I have high drive. I have focus. I'm talented. I'm gifted. Everybody kept telling me how talented and gifted I was. Yet still, I was miserable. What's wrong with me? The question that comes to me from the example you gave me earlier about the imposter syndrome coming from insecurities, how do we know the difference between being insecure and being humble? Oh, oh, yeah. So that that's a good one. So I would say humility, like, you know, hum humility, when I'm humble, it's often because I, I not because I don't like to shine. It's because I know I want to give the stage to other people. I want other people to get an opportunity to shine. Like <laughs> I will shine. <laughs> like yeah. I open my mouth and start talking anywhere I go. <laughs> shine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Anyway, right? <laughs> <laughs> like that is not even an issue. Anymore, right? <laughs> so it's sometimes it's 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 learning to gauge that you know leaders inspire leaders. So being in front of the room, being the first to answer, being like, that's not necessary all the time anymore. Um, when I'm insecure, it's because I'm thinking I'm going to say something wrong. Right. I, I'm wondering what they're going to think about me. I'm, I'm wondering if this is the right. Like, so it's a fear of external um, judgment is when it's insecure. It's an internal conversation as fear of external judgment. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense to me. So the inner stage is completely different. The inner stage is completely different. I'm like intentionally 
right? Um, not responding or not going up or because I, because I generally it's because I'm familiar with some of the, the content of the person putting on the event and I know what their intention is and I know who, like who else is in the room. And I know that I will answer depending on the room and I'll shut the room down. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. So, humility is often intentional. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love that answer. Uh, that really, really makes a lot of sense to me. And I love the way you, even the way you sound when you explain that. Uh, that's an expression of that um, confidence, humility, and also wisdom. That's what I yeah. hear. And kindness. <laughs> I yes. hear all that from you. Another Another topic that caught my attention was the art of being uncomfortable. Ah, how do we learn to be <laughs> be oh. uncomfortable? That doesn't sound comfortable, even to. You know what? I'm right? going to put the question back to you. I bet you you can answer. How do you think we master being uncomfortable? It comes from that inner trust. For me, has been that has been my guide because mm-hmm. I trust so much the intention in me to do what I do that. It doesn't matter if the body's uncomfortable, the mind even, um, doesn't matter what, nothing gets in the way, really, because of that inner trust, this knowing the intention, what I'm here to do, what I'm doing this for. So it just changed everything. Yes. That'll that'll be my answer. (laughs) Yeah, and that exactly um, correct. And I, you know, as I, I share with people, the way you, the art of being uncomfortable is do things that make you uncomfortable. Mm. Cause it's, it's, mm. it's, you know, if you <laughs> and, Joe, yeah. Joe Dispenza is, uh, mm. I'm a follower of his and he talks about the body, you know? So yeah. when you are learning to be confident, you're, when you decide like, I'm going to be confident. So you decide that today. Anyone listening to this, I want you to understand if you're making the decision right now to be more confident, every emotion you have is historical data. So you want to be more confident. You're going to go out, you're going to speak up, and then you freak out your body. I feel nervous. That feeling is tied to a real life occurrence in the past. Your future of confidence is the future. It's not the past. So you must push past that feeling because a feeling is not real. A feeling is fickle and it's temporary. So deciding that in spite of how you feel that you are going to um, embody confidence, you're going to embody excellence, you're going to embody success means that your feelings no longer reside in weakness and scarcity and um, apprehension and judgment. People who are successful push past the feelings. Because if you don't and you drag the feelings with you, your, your success is going to be lonely. It's going to be lonely because this success is not about you and for you. It's about your ability to succeed and lift other people as you climb. Yeah, you're not lifting people if you're succeeding while you're complaining and whining and backbiting and got like all of those. That's what the average person does. Right. That's how the average person lives. They complain about what didn't go on. They talk about what how unfair it is. They talk about what other people did to them. Right. That's what the average population does. And when you want to succeed, you must separate yourself from the pack. But it's still being genuine, it's still right, being Michelle? Genuine. Yeah, because we don't want to just to make this a practice in a sense. I don't think I would do well if I was trying to 
kind of always being confident. I'm here to be confident. That's my practice. I don't think I would do that well <laughs> because yeah. to me, I had to have, I have to have that drive, that real deep drive. Why am I doing this? Even going through yes. the fear and being uncomfortable because there's something here that's worth it. And that to me, that is that deep understanding of reality in the sense that everything is connected and everything oh. is love. It is, everything is connected. Everything is love. And when you understand there's only true, two true emotions on this planet, love and fear, everything is either a, either a branches off of fear or it branches off of love. True. Yes. And so where yeah. love exists, fear cannot, where fear exists, love cannot. And when, you, and so on your quest and when people talk about confidence, they think it's positive, but most of the population is confident their life is going to go wrong or something is going to go bad or the other shoe is going to drop or someone's not going to do what they said, or they're going to have a bad day. Your confidence is just an emotion. Mm, <laughs> right. And, it, and it'll direct you wherever you take it. So becoming confident about having an amazing life, that's the, the thing that I do and I explain to people, you're already using the superpower of confidence. You're just using it against yourself. I'm here to teach you how to use it in favor of yourself and your loved ones. That's a very meaningful work. I love what you do. It sounds, as I said, off record before, it sounds very spiritual to me. Oh, very, very. If you don't, if you don't, if you don't have higher power deity, I can't work with you. <laughs> that means that you're in control of everything. And I only work with people who are releasing the control and aligning with the gift and the blessing that they are so that it's it, it, so you have to start to have fun. Like you can like start to manifest in fun. Like I have had days where I looked at my calendar and I was like, yeah, this ain't happening. This is too much stuff. This is no. And I look up and I say, God, you need to do something right now. <laughs> no, this is not really happening. And then I will go take a break and come back. And someone has emailed me. Can I reschedule? Can I like that literally will start happening. I'm like, you told me I could do this. So Send me someone to help me. And within two, 48 hours, 72 hours, I get someone, I'm talking to someone, they refer me someone who is exactly what I need or it shows up like where I've been in overdraft or about to go in overdraft. Like you told me I could run this business, so you better send me a client. So it's the confidence that you don't have to do everything. Your alignment in service of the gift that you are to this world, it's like you're planting all these seeds and all the people you get to meet and you harvest this abundance. And when you say con the word confidence, for some reason it gets translated for me into trust. Would that be the same or similar? <laughs> and it is trust, but most of the planet trust that life is not going to treat them fairly. Because listen to listen to how people talk. Yeah, I tell people mm -hmm. ask the next five people you talk to after this that after this podcast, ask them um, what do you really want from your life? What will really make your life amazing? And 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 see if they can actually answer clearly, like concisely, clear to the point, and see if they start going. Well, you know. What I don't want is what I don't want. How long they talk about what they don't want, not yeah. realizing that they're creating what they don't want because that's what they're espousing. They're confident in what they don't want, so they keep getting what they don't want. Right. Ah. Whatever you constantly talk about is what you're confident in. <laughs> 
Right. So true. I never thought of that way, Michelle. That makes so much sense. Right. Yeah, that's exactly it. Focus. Whatever you focus on, that you get it, of course, because it's logic, right? It, it's it's our cybernetic reticular activating system at the back of the base of our brain, which helps you filter in the fact that there's close to 10 million bits of information that come across your retinal every day and it's only going to hyper focus on what you tell it to. And so if you do not have a clear captivating vision that compels your confidence, your courage, your curiosity and really um, propels you to do amazing incredible things, you will be stuck in the minutia of every day. That's a wonderful message and reminder for all of us because it is a practice too, of course. The more it's we do, practice. right? So we all need to be reminded. Thank you so much, Michelle. Oh, you're welcome. For doing what you do. Um, yeah, I see the divine working through you. <laughs> so that is really um, what I live for, to see the human beings becoming more who they are, they really are, which is this. When you talk about abundance, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, confidence, meaning trust, trusting your own gifts, then it is just kind of, uh, yeah, you put a smile on my face. That's it. <laughs> That's exactly it. Thank you so much again for your presence here today. We are almost at the end. I do have a few more questions for you, the ending questions. But before that, would you like to add anything that you left unsaid for today? No, I uh, don't. Well, I was just say no. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. It's just uh, like it's interesting when you hear yourself correct. Just reminding people, uh, whatever hearing me is the wake up call. I tell I'm not for everybody. I'm not everybody's not going to be become my client. And my purpose in the world is to remind you that you're infinitely capable to create your an amazing life. So hearing this, go get a book, go listen to a podcast, go like if you met someone and, and they intrigued you for the possibility of your life, go back, have the conversations and create a life by your design. That's amazing. You only got one shot at this. Go create an amazing life and have some fun. Mm, yes, that's another beautiful reminder. Have some fun, right? Enjoy, right, what this is. Thank you again, Michelle. And my last question, I think I wanted to ask you one earlier today, so I'll go back to that one. At this time, what do you feel is the world's greatest need? I would honestly say love. I would honestly say love. There is um, love in all its many forms, Yes. Uh, yes. We, are, we are so quick to judge. We are so quick to throw people under the bus. We're so quick to dismiss people. Love is patient. It's kind. It's thoughtful. It's, um, it's um, affirming. It's attentive. It listens. And we as a humanity do not have time for that. And that's, it's, it hurts my heart to see that. Thank you so much again for another Beautiful reminder. What word can I use? Beautiful. That's what we want to see more in the world. Beauty, right? That yes. to me comes from love and kindness, right? Yeah. And thank you for having me on this um, a quest for well-being because it is a quest. It's a journey that never ends. And I'm so, so thankful and grateful to be a part of your journey. Ah, yeah. The same here, Michelle. And before we say goodbye for today, where can we find more information about your work and read about you? Yeah, I would say definitely um, come over to my uh, website, www.michelle, M-E-S-H-E-L-L, -L, Baker, 
like bake a cake, B-A-K-E-R.com. And um, check out uh, a blog, uh, read something, and then sign up for the newsletter and stay connected via the newsletter. If you're looking for someone, you know, to speak to your uh, team or your organization or an audience, I do that as well. And I just love to stay connected with you via, you know, receiving some of my updates as well. Wonderful. I'll have the link on your podcast profile. Thank you so much again, Michelle, for your presence. And we'll talk oh, soon. Thank you. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Michelle Baker and her work, please visit michellerbaker.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.